So church, let us do this as we move into a time of prayer. Let's go to the Word of God to uh, prepare our spirits for a time with the Lord. Luke 5, 11 has a good word for you and I this day. Let us say these words responsibly this morning as we move into a time of prayer. Please join me. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Amen and amen. Let us go to the Lord in prayer, church. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we want the hands of a true fisher of men. Oh God, help us to not be afraid to go wherever the fish are. Let us not be afraid to get our hands dirty. Oh God, help us not to just catch and release new converts but to also be disciplers of men as well. Lord, give us guidance to do that. Give us direction to do that. Give us strength and boldness, and as Molly Beth said, uh, faith, oh God, deep biblical faith that passes all human understanding and logic that just allows us, oh God, as we trust you, to step out, and it might even mean to step out of the boat, to out of our comfort zones in order to reach others, to catch others. That's a huge responsibility. That's a, a holy responsibility that, uh, in fact, is a very life-giving responsibility, Lord, and you have called us to do just that. You have anointed us for that holy work. So as a church and as believers who make up the body of Christ, Lord, we seek you in all that we do. And we ask this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, who gave us a, a daily prayer to live by, Lord, to uh, be guided by each and every day. It's the Lord's Prayer. So let us now pray these holy words together. Please join me, church. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Church, I am turning now to the Gospel of Luke, the fifth chapter, all verses, verses 1 through 11. So let me offer a word of prayer for us as we get into God's holy word. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, I, I pray, Lord, that as these words are read, Lord, that it can speak to us, Lord. It, it, it can also, Lord, uh, pastor and minister our hearts this day. For this word, Lord, is for us. This word, O oh God, is for the body to hear and to know. 
and to be blessed by and to ultimately go out and to live. So, Lord, bless this reading from start to finish. And we ask this in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. So, church, I'm going to ask if you would to please stand out of respect for the good news of Jesus Christ this morning. Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Hear now these words. One day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. He noted, or noticed rather, two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Verse 5, Master, Simon replied, we worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. And soon, both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. For I'm such a sinful man, for he was awestruck by the number of fish that they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. And as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Church, this is the gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. And you may be seated. So, uh, church, if you would, uh, direct your attention to the screen uh, this morning. I I wanted to give you uh, a visual uh, of what... Uh, is certainly a significant part of our uh, text this morning. I, uh, your, your preacher, I, I'm, a, I'm a visual learner, so anytime that I can have some kind of uh, object or, or visual in front of me, it helps to better uh, explain uh, things, and certainly in this particular uh, case, the, the text. So I, I, I wanted you to look at uh, a first century Galilean fishing boat. Uh, a couple of things that I wanted you to take note of, just the, the, the size, for instance. So this, uh, th- this fishing boat uh, was about the size of a, of a delivery or, or moving truck in, in today's uh, time, but it was just a little bit smaller than a school bus, okay, a, 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 yellow, a yellow school bus by about uh, 15 or, or 20 feet, okay? But this, this kind, of, kind of gives you um, just a, 
an idea there. Also, if you take note that uh, a boat during that uh, that time uh, usually had two to three fishermen on it, okay, to uh, operate the boat and, and to get the the necessary uh, catch that they were uh, wanting and, and needing. So, uh, about the boat, okay, as you're as you're looking at it now, I, I want you to think of the fisherman's boat as absolutely everything to the fisherman, okay? The boat, of course, for the fisherman was absolutely valuable, okay? It was a huge asset for the fisherman, okay? It was also, if you think about it, the boat for the fisherman was his livelihood. This is how the fisherman made his wage. And also the boat for the fisherman, too, okay, gave him status, okay? So the boat for the fisherman was everything, okay? Now, what I'd like to do is go back to the Scripture text uh, for a moment and, and bring us back into this fishing story, okay? Now, what you need to know about this text beforehand is that Jesus was in the desert, okay? And he was tempted by Satan, okay? And every time Satan had tempted Jesus, he fired back with the Word of God. So he was protect, protected. He had this spiritual armor around him. So Jesus, after this desert moment where he was being tempted, he literally launched right into ministry, okay? So you go from the desert experience to this fishing experience. So it's kind of neat to think about that in this gospel account, okay, that the very first person or people that Jesus is engaged in ministry with, that he's sharing with, okay, are fishermen. That, that, that's really, really neat there. And, and, and fishermen and the boat takes an important part here. So let me, uh, let me now move into uh, the text. What I'd like to do is read, uh, again, the first three verses here to kind of bring us back into the text. Listen to this. One day as Jesus was preaching on the, on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the Word of God. Now, now, now that, that tells us several things, okay? That, that Jesus has a following that is building, okay? Pe- people are interested, people are curious, people are hungry, to have and to hear what Jesus is talking about and preaching about, okay? Well, Scripture even says that there were so many, they began to press in on him. So that tells us, okay, that it was crowded, okay? It was very, very crowded. But I I want you to know that the momentum, okay, in the kingdom of God is building because Jesus is beginning to minister and to preach and teach. Let me continue with verse 2, okay? He says that, uh, Scripture says this, he noticed then two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Okay, they are are in this rhythm, right, of doing what fishermen do, okay, the upkeep, the housekeeping, okay, that a fisherman does. Now, pay close attention to verse 3, okay? 
Here's where it gets very interesting. Scripture says, stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and that he taught the crowds from there. Love that text. I I want us to just give a pause for a moment and think about what has just happened, okay? To these fishermen, to this one fisherman in particular. You see, Peter, a fisherman, whose livelihood, whose status, whose wage was fishing, whose livelihood came from that boat, he invited Jesus onto his most valuable asset in life. Now, we can read on the surface and say, hey, this literally happened, and it did. I want us to take one step further with this text and say that Peter just didn't invite Jesus onto his boat. He also invited Peter into his life, you see, into his heart. And he said, come. Come onto my boat. Come into my life and bless me. Change me. Transform me for, from what I am to who you can make me to be. And that's the wonder-working power of Jesus Christ, you see, when we invite him into our hearts and into our lives, church. Now, let's just state the obvious. Was Peter perfect? Absolutely not. Was Peter a sinful man? Yes, indeed. Did he make mistakes? Did he trip up? Absolutely, he did. But Jesus put the invitation out there. Can I step onto your boat? Can I come into your life? Because through me, I can work mighty things and do mighty things in your life. And you just think about the time frame for Peter. He goes from a fisherman in the early days of him inviting Jesus into his life to Jesus Christ, listen to this, giving him the keys to the kingdom of God. Wow, what a progression. What a transformation, you see, when you invite Jesus into your life. So, what I'd like to do just for a moment is unpack some things, okay, that are biblical, that when you and I invite Jesus into our hearts, into our lives, this is what is happening, spiritually speaking, biblically speaking. So, we'll have them posted on the screen, and we'll certainly get them out to you uh, this afternoon. What I want to do is use a text from Psalm 103, verses 1 through 12, okay? And, and I'm, I, I'm just going to read a brief part of that, but I want you to know where in Scripture this is coming from, okay? So I, I, I want to pick just a selection here, uh, verse 13 
of Psalm 103. Listen to this. When you and I invite the Lord into our lives, here's what happens, okay? The Lord is like a father to his children. Listen to this. Tender and compassionate to those who fear him, to those who revere him, who honor him. You see, so, so let, me, let me unpack that a little further, okay? And it's going to be printed on the screen. Okay, when you and I invite the Lord into our lives, when we put that invitation out there for others to invite the Lord in, here's what's happening, okay? Listen to this. Number one, he forgives your sins and he offers you eternal life, church. The gospel of the world cannot and will not offer that to you, church. Only Jesus Christ can. That's good stuff. That's the wonder-working power of the Lord, okay? Let me continue here. When you invite the Lord into your life, what does he do? He redeems your life from the pit that you may find yourself in. He also crowns you with love and compassion and restores your soul, you see? There's not one self-help book in this world that can do that, but the Lord, you see, can. Let me continue here. When you invite the Lord into your life, here's what happens. He satisfies your desires, pay close attention to this, with good things, church, life-giving things. Not things that corrupt you, but life-giving things. His blessings are tailor-made. For who? You. For you. For you. Let me continue. When you invite Jesus into your life, he does not treat you as you deserve to be treated based on your sins, okay? But listen to this, or repay you according to your iniquities, even though your sins separate you from him for eternity, okay? Here's what he's doing when he's inviting you in. He is patient with you. We all could use a little more patience, right? In our own lives, maybe from others, maybe as parents, maybe as grandparents, maybe as friends or coworkers. Patience, right? What a gift it is. The Lord, okay, is patient. He is patient with you. And what? He loves you greatly. Maybe you feel unloved. Know this, and the Word of God says it over and over again. He loves you greatly. He never gives up on you. Hey, if you felt betrayed, if you felt all alone, if you have been unfriended, that feeling, okay, of being unloved, it's there. It's there, and it hurts, and it can crush you, okay? I want you to go to the Word of God and hear these promises. Hear these eternal truths that are right there laid out in Psalm 103. What do we need to do? Firstly, we need to invite God in. You see, we need to invite His Word into our heart. Quit listening 
to our own minds. Quit listening to self, right? Go to what is eternal. Go to what is rock solid. Go to what is promised to you, you see, that will offer life an abundant life at that. Let me continue here. When you invite the Lord in, what happens? He removes your transgressions as far as the east is from the west. Wow, wow, that's quite a distance, right? Only God can do that, you see. Only the Lord can make that happen. Let me end with this. Lastly, when you invite the Lord in, he has compassion on you, just as a father has compassion on his children. And what does he do? This is wonderful. This is, this is just so, so powerful here. He adopts you, you see, into his family and into the kingdom of God. That is the wonder-working power okay, of God. What Scripture says is God is faithful. We may stray. We may leave him. But what is God? God is faithful and God is loving. Let me place that on your heart, okay? Let that speak to you this day. Let it speak to your heart. Let it minister to you. You see, Peter got that. He got those blessings, okay? Did he understand it fully? No, but it worked on him. Jesus worked on him, you see. And over time, he got the keys to the kingdom. But it all started, listen to this, with inviting Jesus onto the boat, inviting Jesus into his heart, into his life. And here's what happens. What, what a wonderful way to end this text. Listen to this. I'm reading the very end portion of this text from, let me turn to the right page here. Okay, there we go. I'm back on track. Let, let, listen to this. Listen to this now. This comes from uh, verse 10, okay, B. Here's what Jesus says to Simon. Jesus replied to Simon, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, he says. I love that because we need to hear that, you and I. We can get so wrapped up, right, in the details, in the fear, right? It just cripples us. It depletes us. What's the first thing that Jesus says? He says, don't be afraid. I love that. Don't be afraid, he says. From now on, listen to this, you'll be fishing then for men, not for fish, but for men, you see, for men. He goes on and he says this, and as soon as they landed, they left everything and followed Jesus. Wow, that's how it works. You see, that's how it works. That's a success story. That is a victory for the kingdom, but it all begins, you see, by inviting Jesus onto our boat, right? Into our lives, into the heart, putting pride aside, putting ego aside, putting it aside, putting self aside and saying, Jesus, I see you. I see you. I know you're there. Come in. Come in. I surrender unto you. Come. 
Come in. Come in, Jesus. I, I, I want to make this final comment, okay? From Peter's boat, church, Jesus spoke literally to that hungry crowd. The connection that I want us to make here is simply this. From our lives, that means each and every one of us, from our lives, from the body of Jesus Christ, guess what? Jesus speaks to us and through us to others today. And you know what that makes us? We're given a title. Oh, yes, we are believers. Yes, we are the body of Christ. But that also makes us fishers of men. You see, Jesus is speaking to us and through us. You see, and then through our words, through our actions, through the sharing of Jesus Christ, you and I are fishers, fishers of men. So let me end with this. Please, please, church, don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let me offer a word of prayer for us. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, we, we know this about fishing. Whether we fish ourselves or not, we know that it is often dirty work. It is hot work, Lord. Uh, it can be... Uh, it, 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 can, it can also be a heavy burden at times, particularly if that is your profession, if that is how you earn your wage. Lord, we know that the work can be tough. It can be hard. It can at times be a burden. Lord, but fishing for men, can also be the same thing, but in faith, oh God, it takes us to a new level in how we understand it because we can literally get out of the boat in faith, oh God, and see that there are still many who are hungry in our community and world, still many looking for answers, looking for the meaning in life, looking for what the world cannot fill them with, and that is Jesus Christ. And that's why the mission field will always, always be open and ready for the catch, Lord, to give them the gospel, to give them Jesus, Lord. But it starts, Lord, with us, inviting you in so that the Holy Spirit can guide us Lord, can direct us and can give us that straight, righteous path that leads to you. What a blessing it is to be a fisher of men. Anoint us in all that we do to build up the kingdom. In Jesus we pray. Amen.